the bull market's in, and when you use uh, Solana, it's got fantastic user experience. Let me just say that. One of the best wallets come out of the, the community, the Phantom Wallet, fantastic mm -hmm. user experience, right? It feels very good to get a transaction through <laughs> to, and to pay like, you know, micro Not, fractions nothing, yeah. of a cent and to do many of the things that the origi original Ethereum vision uh, promised. All right, David, so we put out a uh, Bankless Takes mm -hmm. yesterday and I uh, got a lot of feedback from that on Lots of Twitter, YouTube Lots comments. Of and actually the highest signal for me is uh, the Bankless Citizen Discord. Yeah. So that's where, you know, Bankless Citizen You know people really are. are real there. Yeah. And so uh, some of the feedback is basically like, I, I guess I would Hang summarize on. Uh, it. Can we start with what's the Bankless Takes episode? What is the structure of this? Yes. The Bankless Takes episode is a episode that you and I kind of formulate um, mm -hmm. based on the last week of our hot takes, mm -hmm. things that we're thinking about or the conversation. Not even hot takes, just, just takes, opinions, stuff we're thinking yeah, about. Opinions. Yeah, opinions. And the conversations that might be um, going into crypto Twitter. I think when we were preparing this week's takes agenda, mm -hmm. it was basically like um, what I really cared most about was talking about um, the bull case for Ethereum right. and Eighth, how... Yeah. Yeah, and how it feels like it has a lot of strengths and, you know, 2K is undervalued, mm -hmm. like going to the bull market. So that was my main take, the main thing I wanted to talk about. Also on the menu, there was a big uh, Twitter discussion about uh, Solana. Um, there was conversation about is, is Solana doing flipping? We had a discussion about this and I was like, David, I don't even know if we should talk about this at all. Because well, uh, What specifically? The Solana element? Yeah, the Solana right. element. Because, because the, it, the ETH element was ETH's fundamentals are really strong and also fundamentals are and understanding them are important. And one of the meta conversations that was happening in the uh, Twitter sphere was the back and forth between Fishy and um, um, Santiago on the podcast. And Fishy was all about, like, you just said that Solana has a 20% chance of flipping Ethereum. What fundamentals are you basing that on? Basically yeah. saying like you can't you are just making this up because so, how can so, you not because of the fundamentals are missing. So I totally understand how they were related and that's mm -hmm. why we ended up including right. it. The the reason that I was cautious about that is because like that can feel like punching down or yeah. that can feel like dunking yeah. and that can feel like negative hate content. Right. When you're Because not it's saying, our takes, because it's our opinion. Yeah, when you're saying that like this one thing is great, uh -huh. but this other thing that mar the market right. thinks is great and that a whole bunch of users right. think is great from right. an asset value accrual perspective, this other thing like, is maybe right. isn't so great. Right. The incumbent, the big one, is fantastic. And the, the disruptor, the smaller one, the one-tenth of the size of the one, is shitty and bad. So I didn't want to, uh, like my instinct was we shouldn't include it. Like we right. shouldn't talk about it because... Mm -hmm. Just the perception is you're propping up one thing and you're punching down the other. Right. When really, I think we ended up including it. And the case for that was basically, well, it's all the same conversation about like, mm -hmm. what are crypto fundamentals? Right. And, and that is the, the topic. So like part of the Twitter conversation uh, here, this is a, a tweet from Italio. Just watch the latest Bankless HQ episode and quoted, Solana is more narrative than actual fundamentals. One of us may, may have said that, probably said that. Um, and he goes, you have an L2 and 527, you have an L, sorry, you have an L1 and 527 L2s stuck in a vicious infrastructure cycle, but that's fundamentals for these guys. I'm going to put Ryan in the BitBoy category from now on. So I had a nice civil uh, conversation Ooh. with Ooh. this guy on Twitter. Um, and I said this, Ethereum was also more narrative than fundamentals last cycle. Mm -hmm. But by fundamentals, 
I mean profitable block space sales, and I defined it as such in the episode. It's fine right. if you disagree. I could be wrong. Right. It's a bankless takes episode, so we give our hot takes. One thing I'll just say there is like, that's what the episode is. It's right. our hot takes. I don't know that. Um, is this episode in, format a good it, idea? It's, it's in the name. <laughs> it's in the name. Yeah. I don't know. Some people like it. Some people like the space. I guess some the spice. I guess some people get yeah. um, upset uh, when we give kind of our, our raw takes. But that that's the episode format. And mm-hmm. he he goes. He continues. For whatever reason, your hot takes about any network that's not ETH L2s are just bad takes. I understand we are all biased towards something, but come on. I asked him, what am I most wrong about, would you say? He's the entire thesis around Ethereum Layer 2s versus Solana. And I said, it's an investment thesis. You're welcome to have your own. Argue for it, right? Like, that's it. It's an Mm -hmm. investment thesis. I think the quest here is, and maybe this was kind of lost in translation or just like the perception of us continually dunking on Solana, is I am, like, and you are, um, trying to understand how mm-hmm. to value assets in this space. Yes. And it's been one of the I, longest pursuits of what we've been trying to do in this space. I think that's important yes. to have some sort of consensus take that mm-hmm. we all as an industry and that everyone, like, looking at these assets, looking to buy them, has a framework for valuing them. Because if we don't, okay, mm-hmm. any pump and dump, like, mimetic narrative thing mm-hmm. can go from, like, 1 to 2,000, 20,000, and then back to zero, and it's all mimetic. It's right. all a bunch of Dogecoin. And I, my hope for this industry is that we get beyond mimetic pricing and we actually, just like other capital assets in the real world, mm-hmm. we have some takes on how to value this space. And mm-hmm. yes, we might not get it right. We have to change this over time. But that to me is like a sign of maturity. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's important. So yes. I'm always looking for it. And I'm open to adjusting right. what the fundamentals are and how to value the space. But like, if we don't have some sort of foundation for mm-hmm. how we talk about these assets and, right. and value them... Aren't we just falling prey to whatever like pump and dump narrative mimetic thing exists? And we're right. just a bunch yeah. of memes, aren't we? You give room for things that absolutely have zero fundamentals to pretend that it does have fundamentals. And one thing I think one mistake or just problem that we produce when we do these bankless takes episode is that there's a lot of motivations about like, hey, why are we saying the things that we're saying or doing the things that we're doing that aren't totally upfront because people haven't been listening to Bankless forever and they don't understand like David and Ryan's emphasis on fundamentals or the motivations. And then we are also the opinionated media company who's got opinions about stuff. And so that, those two particles combine and it results in the fact of just like Ethereum's got the fundamentals. That's why we emphasize it. That's why we talk about it. It's good for the industry that the number two blockchain has very strong fundamentals. That's why I believe in the flipping, And that's that's just grounding crypto in reality, which it's been disconnected for for almost its entirety of its existence. These are the things that we want to see more of in the industry. And then when we see like so much just like narrative excitement around Solana and we don't see that same grounding in reality, it turns into but, but us I, punching down. I, I want to I, I, I want to kind of flip that a little bit because okay. it is true. And this criticism is important that we hear and receive that mm-hmm. is just like we have a narrow definition of uh, fundamentals right now. Yeah, more narrow okay. than what people like to accept or want to accept or agree yes. with. So like the narrow definition of fundamentals mm-hmm. that we were talking about in that episode 
is basically like capital asset fundamentals. Mm-hmm. It's like P and L. Right. It's like, like I'm under the be- like belief right now. I think that we can start to value our layer one assets mm-hmm. based on how much cash it actually uh, throws out, like yeah. discounted cash flow, like school of finance. Other people will say, "What the f are you doing?" Like one, it's way too early to do that. This asset class can't be valued like other asset classes yet. Mm-hmm. We're still trying to figure this out. And so don't even talk about um, you know, block space profit right. or revenue or anything like that. It doesn't matter. Another school of thought will say, well, actually, we don't want any of these things to be profitable at all. Like It's a fantastic strategy for a blockchain to subsidize user fees in order to get more more users through issuance. Mm-hmm. like That's a brilliant way to do it. It's called business development. It's called growth. Right. Why are we getting on our high horse when we have like, you know, the population of a a, a midsize U.S. city right. we using crypto right now, yeah. right? And like we're actually the the prize is uh, millions of, of users, and so the actual fundamentals here should be user experience, like right. active users, like the apps, uh, the dev teams. Like, is it is it is it actually going to work and onboard people? And you, bunch of uh, ETH holders and maximalists are narrowly defining it as how much block space you sold. And like, who cares? It's all about network effect mm-hmm. and users. And people are using chains like Solana and they're like, this is better. Right, feels like, good. This is way better. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's way better than Ethereum, uh, for instance. Ethereum layer one uh, main chain from a UX perspective. Mm-hmm. And they're seeing the fragmentation of layer twos. They're being like, so this is your great solution to that? That's what they mean by fundamentals. And we have sure. a more narrow definition when we were talking about it in yesterday's episode. I, okay, I think, uh, I think that our narrow definition of fundamentals is correct in, well, it's just correct. In the longest of terms, it becomes more relevant. And I will take the fact that in the near term, that it doesn't really matter. It's more noise. And, you know, if you invested based off of like block space sales or fundamentals, you would not have made as nearly as much. You would you would be have underperformed the market probably oh, in the fullness of time because it's all narrative based. Right. And so there's this era in crypto in which narrative really, really matters because this is very young industry. And we're all trying to price in the future when there's such little th- um, amount of reality grounding but us. But I think that's what that that's what people um, stumble on, David, when you say it's all narrative-based, mm-hmm. right? And that's what they like people are jumping on, and I, mm-hmm. I think justifiably so in some cases. Bad UX is not just a narrative. Like, that's a fact. Like, yes, yeah. Uh, paying $10 for a transaction, mm-hmm. like when you're just trying to send money from one place to another, that's not a narrative. That's a fact. Yeah, but it's like it's derived. The whole idea of block space sales is to me like a first principles version of of valuating fundamentals. And I I accept that it's like that's a narrow way of doing this. Uh, Like just having good UX is something that people experience like and firsthand. And that turns into their version of reality, which is totally like valid. And it's like secondary to the fact, like, that's great that you have UX, but does it translate into block space sales? The reason why block space sales are so important is that one of the core tenets of the Bankless thesis is positive, positive economics. Because positive economics means that your system is going to stand the test of time. It captures more value than it leaks. 
if your system leaks more value over time, then in the fullness of time, it will eventually not work. It will eventually dissipate. It might be, if you only leak a little bit of value, it might work for like, I don't know, a very long time, thousands of years perhaps. And so granted that there is wiggle room here with how fast your system leaks value versus how fast it doesn't, like Terra Luna leaked way too much value way too quickly. Um, and But still, the point stands that there's this very concrete uh, way of evaluating systems, which is, does it is it positively economic? Does it capture more value? Yeah, and, th- and then you can say like, okay, well, Solana, yes, it leaks value, it inflates, but look what you get from that inflation. You get like super strong UX, you get you know instant transaction finality, you get uh, like insane throughput. And so, yes, like Solana is not positively economic now, but what it is now is fantastic UX. But I would still call that like a second order of fundamentals. Well, Does that make sense? I, I, is that a fair take? I, th- I, I think so. It was like, I think another way to like maybe frame this and clarify it is, um, I think some people still do a lot of equating with like the network and the asset in all cases, right? Mm, mm-hmm. And this probably comes from, you know, Bitcoin, where Bitcoin network and the Bitcoin right. asset, they're, they're much more like singularly unified because, I mean, previously for a very long time until we had like, um, you know, all of the NFTs and, and, uh, BRC20s that are being spun, right. spun up on Bitcoin. There were no apps. The only app was, you know, sending Bitcoin from right. one person to another. That was the, the only app. And so Bitcoin, the network, and Bitcoin, the asset, were kind of like synonymous. Mm-hmm. Um, when we get into a smart contract world, okay, and like chains like Ethereum or chains like Avalanche or Solana or any of these, or, or Cosmos, right, you can have a disconnect between uh, the network and the value that is created on the network for users and the value accrual mechanisms mm-hmm. of the token themselves. So mm-hmm. like the token is not the network and the network is not the token, right? And like, I think this is an important uh, investor sort of take in general. Like, again, maybe not in the early stages, but in like kind of the later stages of things, you can have a network that creates so much value for the world. I think of networks like, um, uh, you know, like Napster, <laughs> for instance, right. like peer to peer file sharing, a lot of like, quote unquote, value was created. Mm-hmm. Did any of those on like, the software periphery? Practice? Yeah, the, the value was created at the margins. Yes. Did they capture that value in, right. in the form of an equity or a token or an investable mm-hmm. asset? No. So they had value creation without like value capture. And my biggest worry in general about some crypto assets is even if they create value, it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean that the thing that you're buying is able to capture that value. Right, which is like the big problem with Uniswap right now, right? Creating an infinite amounts of value and then is like, you know, kind of a shit token price. I'm sensitive to it too because it it was, honestly, it was a huge problem for Ethereum Right. uh, in 2019. And Mm -hmm. so what in 2019, there would be a common uh, retort from uh, the Bitcoin community of basically like, ETH is just useful for gas. ETH is gas. Yeah. ETH is gas. It's a velocity it's going, token. It's a payment it's a token. Velocity token. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's not going to. People are just going to value. hold the minimum amount of ether they need to use the applications. Right. And mm-hmm. so the quest, like for me, since that that time, is to actually understand. Well, okay. Well, why is Bitcoin even valuable in the first mm-hmm. place? Right. And like, I feel like I have a framework for understanding that. Like, you know, mm-hmm. monetary premium right. uh, primarily. Like reservation demand is basically. Yeah. All and right. then and then okay, why is ether going to exhibit? Um, value accrual at all. Well, as you got monetary premium, but it's also a capital asset, right? So it's actually um, throwing off cash. And so like, I just apply that same framework Mm -hmm. to other layer one assets. Uh, And anyway, 
just because the network, the network could be absolutely fantastic. And like, I think it's fantastic that Tron is being used in the way that it's being used uh, to make people more bankless. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that um, like Cosmos in the way that it's being used is like fantastic. Um, I think that Solana is also, you know, fantastic to the extent that people are using these apps and these experiences. Well, but the question is, will the token uh, accrue value? Mm-hmm. One reason I actually like jettisoned from the Cosmos community was like I didn't see the value accrual around the Atom token. Right. And like to be honest, I still don't. Yeah. So nothing against Cosmos. Like right. it's fantastic. I just don't understand how the investment is good. And sometimes mm-hmm. I think people um like put both hats on at the same time in that are you saying this, you know, the Solana network is, is bad or it doesn't have fundamentals? No, the network can have fantastic UX and fundamental, right. all of these things. The question in the episode we were trying to answer yesterday was like, well, how does value accrual work? Mm-hmm. And I still have a lot of questions on that story for uh, Solana. Does that make sense? Kraken knows crypto. We are all on the journey of building a better financial system and Kraken has been leading that charge for over a decade. Crypto is world changing tech and it's Kraken's mission to accelerate the adoption of crypto so that you and the rest of the world can achieve financial freedom. Head over to kraken.com to see what crypto can be. And once you buy your assets on Kraken and you need to start exploring DeFi, make sure you explore it through your MetaMask portfolio, a deeper, more expansive way to use MetaMask that gives you the battle station you need to navigate the bull market. You can buy swap, bridge, and stake your crypto assets with ease. I already know that you have a MetaMask wallet, so go check out your MetaMask portfolio. Did you know that Arbitrum is the fourth largest chain by economic activity in crypto? How did Arbitrum get there? Well, with low fees and fast transactions, of course. With over 600 apps on Arbitrum, the Arbitrum ecosystem has a solution for you. Whether you're into DeFi, NFTs, or you simply need a fast chain, or even if you want your own dedicated throughput with an Arbitrum orbit, Arbitrum has a home for you. Visit Arbitrum.io to get started with your journey with one of most active chains in crypto. And if you want to try out a newer layer two to the Ethereum family, try out Celo, a battle-tested EVM layer one that has recently decided to move to Ethereum. Celo is the mobile-first carbon-negative blockchain built for the regenerative future. With the Celo layer two, gas fees will stay low, and you can even pay for gas using ERC-20 tokens. Follow Celo.org on Twitter and visit Celo.org to shape the future of Ethereum. Uniswap Labs just released the Uniswap mobile wallet for iOS, the newest, easiest way to trade tokens on the go. You can easily create or import a new wallet, buy crypto on any available exchange with your debit card, and you can seamlessly swap on Mainnet, Polygon, Arbitrum, and Optimism. So you can now go directly to DeFi with the Uniswap mobile wallet. Safe, simple custody from the most trusted team in DeFi. Download the Uniswap wallet today on iOS. And last up, GMX, but specifically GMX V2, offering even faster on-chain trading for DeFi liquidity providers. GMX is a permissionless decentralized exchange that offers perpetual futures in spot trading. Liquidity providers receive 63% of all of GMX's protocol fees, and GMX users get a referral link to lower fees for you and your referrals. Try out GMX V2 now at app.gmx.io. Now, onto the show. This is a tweet that I put out uh, after my Kyle Somani, the floor is modularity tweet. And so I kind of did a same thing for Solana. It's like the floor is transaction fee revenue. And Solana is like the guy who's like not touching the floor, right? Uh, and and so like the, the bankless take on this, you know, the me and you take is like, you need transaction fee revenue to be sustainable. If we want our blockchains to stand the test of time, they need to be positively economic. And then, like, if you go and scroll down, you'll find, like, Solana community members seeing, like, wow, David's dunking on Ethereum. Like, kind of, like, flipping it on its head because 
transaction fee revenue to many in the Solana world is extraction, right? And so this idea of a positively economic blockchain is synonymous with extraction from its user base. At least that's a part of like one of the shards of, of the Solana narrative that many people are, are coming out there. And so it's, it's one of the same like muddling of like the investment case for Solana and the application layer for Solana. These things can be bullish separately and you can be bullish on the Solana app layer because it's minimum viable extraction. And if you believe that, that's great because then applications get to use Solana, they could have super fast transactions or everything is subsidized. But then using that same argument to say, and therefore Sol Token is bullish, is missing a link here because the Sol Token is specifically subsidizing the value of the application. It's a transfer of the value capture of the Sol Token to the value produced by the Solana application layer app. And like you get to say, like, well, the token's still gonna go up in price because like all the apps are built on Solana. Solana has more mind share. Uh, if it has more mind share, people are just gonna buy it. It has inflows, more inflows, right? right? More but, buying inflows. Know, I, but I, I would, would call it a narrative-based buy pressure. Because like, sure. oh, the apps are on Solana, I'll buy Sol. N- narrative-based, or you could call it like if you're being generous, like a monetary premium too. Right. I, th- I think I kind of narrative yeah, based is, yeah. is like proto monetary premium, like monetary mm-hmm. premium at some level is just like everything left over. Right. Um, after you take out the reservation demand for using the asset as a product, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. At, sorry, as a um, payment token to buy block space. And after you take out the discounted cash flow, the cash that you actually receive as a, a staker of, um, of soul tokens, uh, mm-hmm. for instance. So it's just like this monetary premium category. And, and to me, that's like, the narrative category, the meme category, Bitcoin has this, Ethereum has this, and it is the hardest piece to value. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I very, very much like blockchains that produce, you know, cash, because mm-hmm. you can kind of like evaluate that. The um, memetic layer ought to be based on top of the fundamentals, right? Yeah. That we don't want memes for memes sake. That's like Dogecoin. We want memes based off of measurable metrics that you can go take to like crypto skeptics out there and like hear, uh, hear the apples. TradFi is right. like, Hey, yeah, let me the, explain all, how. all the money out there. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I do think that actually, you know, the, the, uh, the floors transaction fee revenue where mm-hmm. Solana has no transaction fees. I, I don't, I think that it's actually a pretty good strategy not to try like to not make its money on user transaction fees mm. and to do it on the backside, which is like, I actually think if the bull case for soul tokens is that soul holders make money on MEV, basically soul stakers. But make that's, money on that's MEV. Tra- that, so that was the, one of the other tweets I got in trouble with the Solana community about is like, well, you know, Solana is just as extractive as Ethereum. It just obfuscates it better. If Solana is positively economic because people are going to buy sufficient soul tokens so they can have priority MEV extraction, like that's just an abstraction in the back door. Extraction. Yes. Backdoor. It's basically like, again, it's just our thesis so mm-hmm. far from what we've uncovered, our mm-hmm. journey, our crypto journey for, mm-hmm. for Dave and myself and what we think we know is blockchains make money in two ways. They either sell blocks. This is mm-hmm. how they produce cash. They sell blocks or they sell the ordering of transactions inside those blocks. And what I'm saying is if, if Solana or both, yeah. mm-hmm. or both and I mean, it is both. It's just a matter of is where's, that, where's the balance between those two. And Solana is being like, let's set transaction fees at zero. Right. And the bull case for soul tokens themselves is you make money on the ordering of transactions inside the case. Now, right. if they don't make money on either, right. okay, then they're not that's, producing that's cash. Negative economics. Yes. But it could still be worth something mm-hmm. in that like 
narrative, monetary premium, mimetic right. value category, or uses money category. Yeah, but that's just based off of that's based off of very little. That makes me scared. It makes me scared too. I I just think that's it's, the it's least. Like I don't not not to invoke this, but just like when you're based off of something very little, very feeble, yes. it can crumbling yes. down. It comes crumbling down because there's not oh, much oh, holding it up there. Although somebody will listen to this and be like, "This is coming from the ETH is money guys." Like, really? Are you serious? Why? I mean, because we are proponents. We're, we're proponents of monetary premium for ether, the asset. Yes. So yeah, be, because of the fundamentals, it's a, it's a result of not first. It's the it's the tail wagging the dog. Wait, but I am I am um, bullish on Ethereum apart from the amount of cash that it throws off. Like sure. I, I'm I'm bullish that it is um, an asset that's going to be used. Let's say throughout the Ethereum economy that includes yep. a monetary unit. A, you know, we've called a, this a economic unit of bandwidth. account in OpenSea. It is the collateral inside of MakerDAO and Aave. CDPs, um, like you take a loan against it. All of these things. People, so that's like people buy it premium. and stake it for for yields. Solana uh, could but, have the exact same. It could have yeah. like zero cash flow ability, but just mm-hmm. massive. Monetary reservation demand and so and sold tokens. It's just uses collateral in the Solana ecosystem, mm-hmm. and like, I'm, it could be worth hundreds of billions of dollars based sure. on that. Sure, uh, it it on the triple point asset thesis, you're missing a leg, uh, and in my mind, that's that's so just is Bitcoin. So well, yeah, that's, I also don't believe in Bitcoin. Well, but that's the thing is like, that's where I feel like then you have to compete as a monetary instrument, uh-huh. and then you really have to have like a a strong like I, I'm a little Bitcoin or old school on this, where you have to have some sort of um, like monetary schedule mm-hmm. and credibility and mm-hmm. credible neutrality around that schedule, so, so that it gains legitimacy and like it doesn't feel like some centralized actor can kind of tinker the monetary policy at any point of time. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I mean, the Solana like monetary policy is relatively stable. It like is inflating at seven percent or something a year. And but who it, can change it? How uh, does that change? I mean, that's up to Solana governance, which is also in a relatively weak state, but that's because it's like a newer system and they haven't really been focusing on governance to the degree that other systems have because they've been focusing on just like shipping, execution, execution. They've got, you know, parallel fee markets, right? Like uh, local fee markets, parallelization. Um, And they've they've been doing the execution thing that Ethereum has been like, well, we're going to do we're going to do the research and governance thing. And I was like, well, Solana's like, well, then I'm going to just execute. Well, that's and that's where I think uh, some of the pushback and criticism from um, bankless citizens right. and also uh, from people on, on Twitter is basically like you guys are living in la la world, mm. right? Like in basically, <laughs> yeah, like basically Ethereum, get your shit together. Like yeah. UX sucks right now. Layer mm-hmm. twos are hard. This whole bridging experience, like, you know, connecting, doing all these things, changing networks and MetaMask, it all kind of sucks. And uh, what they're hearing is Ethereum, like, well, we'll abstract that away. Mm-hmm. Like, it'll be better in the future. But, like, we're not talking about the future. We're talking about here and now. Right. Bull and market's in. Yeah. The bull market's in. And when you use uh, Solana, it's got fantastic user experience. Let me just say that. Like, Solana really excels from a user experience. It's one of the one of the best wallets come out of the, the community, the Phantom Wallet. Fantastic mm-hmm. user experience, right? It feels very good to get a transaction through <laughs> to and pay, like, you know, micro Not fractions nothing, of yeah. a cent mm-hmm. and, and to do many of the things that the Ethereum, um, like the origi- original Ethereum vision, uh, promised, right. Collateralized lending, creating of perps, like it's all, it all feels very DeFi and it, it feels like you're doing this, uh, without kind of a Binance or a centralized exchange, you're holding your own private keys. Right. So people are saying that and they're like, okay, but this is here and now. And by the way, 
it has these aspirations and promises to massively, like the monolithic chain strategy or the integrated chain strategy is like a strategy about a uh, fantastic UX for users. Mm-hmm. And I don't, is it back to the Suzu? Like Ethereum has abandoned its users <laughs> type of, it's, it's that kind of take, I think. And I don't think that's an unfair take. Uh, yeah. I th- and the way that I would describe this goes back to our episode with Micah Polito when we had him on. It's like Cosmos is approaching the tra- uh, trilemma, the scalability trilemma and from one angle. Ethereum is uh, approaching it from a different angle and Solana is approaching it from the last angle, right? Um, I, and I, I think it's you and me. Uh, we came into uh, crypto in the moment where Ethereum kind of really set our vision for the world, uh, for, for this industry. And the Ethereum perspective of you, of you come in to the scalability trilemma you start with and do not compromise on decentralization, and then you figure out how to get the others. Whereas Solana is coming in, well, we're going to start with scale and we're going to figure out how start to get the others. Start with users and the apps. Start with, and yeah, we'll start with users, right? More decentralized over time. As a BD system, as a BD strategy, great, killing it, works, has already been working. Um, like everyone, the whole narrative around Solana is, is absolutely fantastic right now. It's like deafening. Um, in the fullness of time, and this was my mic, not my point to Mike, I'm sure you remember, it's in the fullness of time, where you elect to start on the scalability trilemma and the thing that you enshrine as like critically important and then you'll try and get the others determines in the wholeness of time what your system looks like at completion. Mm-hmm. And so Solana, which compromise on decentralization in the hopes of gaining it later, will look like a system that compromise on decentralization and tried to get it later. Ethereum, is a system that did not compromise on decentralization, but tried to get scalability layer and later, and then in the fullness of time, it will look like that. And maybe these systems really look very similar to each other, but the path dependency is critically important. Right now, Ethereum has to like figure out bridging and a chain abstraction. Solana doesn't have to do that because it's monolithic. Solana has to figure out decentralization. The problem that I see Solana running into is it's got its high inflation rate of Solana at the same time that is in a network infancy phase. I would prefer a network that would have a higher inflation rate while it didn't have a smaller set of actors than it would once have in the future. Because if you combine high proof of stake inflation with a low set of ecosystem participants, then you have the inflation going to an early set of adopters that become difficult to unenshrine. You're accidentally formally enshrining the early set of people because you compromise on decentralization. So I guess really the conversation is like, which is the easier problem to solve? Ethereum has decentralization solved. Solana doesn't. Solana has UX solved. Ethereum doesn't. Which is the easier problem? I, 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 I think that um, I agree largely, but also like we run the risk of like um, someone hearing that and, and feeling like there's some hyperbole there. I wouldn't say that Ethereum, for instance, has decentralization solved, right? It's comparatively I mean, solved. There's things like Lido, for, for instance. Right. There's like, and th- this is the case that. Um, yeah, but like, Scott, again, like the, we call Lido, Lido is a problem, but also just like in the grand scheme of things, we have to also parameterize how big of a deal that problem is. It is the next biggest problem for Ethereum decentralization. It is not the problem for the Ethereum well, decentralization. Here, here's, here's the thing. What if the market doesn't really value decentralization? Or what yeah. if it doesn't value the type of decentralization that Ethereum is putting forward? And I think mm-hmm. this is Bankless Citizen Scott Connor, who um, we're, we're talking to in, in Discord, made this um, uh, take on, on Twitter. What we are market testing now is how valuable decentralization actually is. And then he mm-hmm. goes on and, and says, Ethereum has one definition of decentralization, uh, Solana has a slightly different definition of decentralization. This goes to the 
point that we were making the other episode where like to me it's not so much about like the feature set of decentralization we can now move towards how coercion corruption resistant mm-hmm. is your protocol right. look at you know do OFAC sanctioned transactions mm-hmm. actually make it through but i think he has a valid point here it's like how much do users care about decentralization and that that is the at some level that's the meta test of crypto right, right? like what is Bitcoin? It's a big decentralized consensus database. How, how much do people care about that? Well, what's the value of Bitcoin right now? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the entire crypto experiment is finding out some value proposition mm-hmm. for decentralization and like you're letting the market. Dis- so at some level, it's not about you and I saying like, um, We'd prefer that Solana did it this way or some other chain did it this way. And like that, that that's the way Ethereum is doing it. Like, it's not up to us. It's up to the market. And mm-hmm. I, I recall a conversation that you and I had recently with, with Chris Berniski. Mm-hmm. And he was basically like, guys, you have to be comfortable with the new cohort of right. people that join crypto not sharing the values that you have. And right. I, I, Which I sums listening. up the fight between the Athot Solana community and the Ethereum community yeah, yeah, yeah. so well. I, I remember hearing that and just being like, yeah, yeah, but I want to convince them. Right. And he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> the kids, he's like, they need to appreciate centralization. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, no, just, I mean, you'll run your, you'll exhaust yourself doing that. Yeah. You'll start to sound like shrill. You'll mm. start to sound like, okay, boomer. Right. If you try, if you overextend that, which is like I, definitely the reaction that I tend to get when I give out my Solana hot takes on Bankless Bank takes episodes on Twitter. There you go. That's yeah. that's it. And that's what that's what I think the Bankless community uh, is uh, saying to us, and what some of our listeners are saying to it. And what I would say is is message received. So here's uh, Alchemy Greg here from the Bankless Discord saying, "I'm honestly getting pretty tired of all the <laughs> oh, dunking no. and stoking the fire about Solana from the hosts. That's you and I, David, on crypto Twitter and in the show. I know they get triggered and are ETH maxis for life, but it's coming off." pretty unprofessional and childish. No reason both can't exist and succeed in their own right. We all survived the last bull. Let's try to bring more positivity into crypto. I appreciate more coverage of Solana and the pod, but it seems impossible for either of them to just say any positive, anything positive. Uh, y'all talk smack, basically, mm-hmm. is it? Yeah. Let me let me just say something positive about Solana. Yeah. More private keys and more hands. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Better yeah. user experience. Onboarding more people to crypto. Yeah. Fantastic. Many of the builders I've met in this space are absolutely fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, w- I would say to Alchemy Greg, you know, message received. Yeah. Okay. So um, I think we could do. <laughs> I, it goes back to one of the original things I was saying. It's like, well, we come in with a bankless takes episode. We've got our foundation. We've got our theses. And then we export them in a podcaster YouTuber fashion out of our mouths into the microphone. Yes. And we're sometimes like YouTube dance monkeys in order to like, you know, yeah, well, I mean, those are, those are like real, like those are my takes. Um, but those are, those are our takes. The delivery of them is sometimes like, we we just get riled up. You and I believe (laughs) in stuff. We really believe in stuff. Yeah. Uh, And that comes out, uh, by default, like kind of just like who we are. Yes, um, was, was it? But but I think as as investors, we definitely have to be um, strong conviction, but mm-hmm. like uh, weakly held as well, right? You well, have to, okay, you have to be uh, ready the, to kind of uh, in know, order to survive up. in crypto, you need to be able to call bullshit, and perhaps our bullshit senses are not appropriate at this phase of the market because everyone that like we are right now in the inflection point between bear and bull, and according to like the words that we've used previously on the podcast before. 
all the tourists are gone, all the settlers are here, the people that are clearly in it for the tech are here, right? At the, this is the mo- it's, right now in the market, it's going to be when that's the most true. And sometimes we still have our walls up as if this was we were still getting attacked by like the Terra Luna frog army. I just, which, I think- by the way, sometimes I do get like harassed by the Solana community, like, oh, you guys remind me of like getting the the lunatics army on me. And so like yeah. I, like we also we need to do better in our reflections and statements about Solana. And I, it's impossible to ask like the Solana community homogeneously to do the same. But like, yo, sometimes just like being on Twitter. And then having takes about like an antagonistic tribe, you attract some people who are just insane people. And then the same kind of thing with the Bankless DAO incident. Like there's like real signal and then it just gets lost to like the, the lunatic margins of every single tribe. Yeah. Well, um, what I would love um, to hear from, mm-hmm. from Solana as it matures. And by the way, Ethereum, um, if you go back to like the beginning of the last uh, cycle, mm-hmm. Ethereum was pretty shit at like talking through how you value ETH, Mm -hmm. right? There like wasn't a good framework. There wasn't a good kind of understanding of it. There wasn't a good narrative uh, of it. And like, um, I think we helped with that and trying to like understand it. Um, I would love something similar through this. It would be a bear. It would be a bull market success story for me Mm -hmm. if we came out of this and we had something a bit more substantive for value accrual for the soul token. All right. So your network can have, millions of users and that can mm-hmm. all be fantastic and i would just love to see the early signs of how that accrues back right. to the soul tokens mm-hmm. maybe it's mev maybe it's a uh, monetary premium i don't know like some bridge to some. help speak the language of things right. that i feel are, are more grounded in crypto and That's what i call fundamentals asking for like this entire time and, like, and give me the triple point of. asset thesis for solana to yeah. which some people say, like, the Solana asset thesis, the Solana investment thesis is the triple point asset. Um, it's just at different levels of parameters. I totally, like, then that's, then, then, that's then, some, then write that. Somebody write that. Well, anyway, we'll, we'll be on a quest to continue to understand it. And um, yeah, I guess those are the takes on the takes episode. I don't know where we're going to We just gave the takes on a takes episode. Well, so da- <laughs> here's the our takes about the takes episode yeah, we just did. Oh, my God. Anyway, <laughs> if anyone appreciates this, uh, you know, here you go. 